0: August 25th, 2009, and this is Radio Wave. and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, tonight we'll be discussing with him uh, the message that we received from Our Lady earlier today. For those of you that are new to Medjugorje or Medjugorje.com, on the 25th of every month, uh, Maria goes before Our Lady, and Our Lady gives a message for the whole world. Uh, Our Lady, since 1987, uh, has been given messages on a monthly basis on the 25th of every month, And these messages are to help the world in its conversion. And so tonight, as we begin this broadcast, we ask that you open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our
1: host, a friend
0: of Medjugorje. In the
1: name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. May we come to you, opening our hearts to hear your words and what you wish to tell us and express to us. That you transform us, that you be in us that we might become you. We pray for your intentions. We pray for all that you want from us. We give ourselves in consecration to you this day. Amen. amen. And Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. <clears throat> well, here we are again on the 25th. And as always, it is a great joy to know that the times we live in, that the Mother of God comes to us and speaks, is still when you... We have to get ready and, and read the message and think about it. Uh, as we gather today in the field at the moment of the apparition, knowing that our Lady is about to appear, and, and we're on our knees and we're praying, and the days are beautiful here in Alabama right now with our weather being really relatively cool for August. We had a, a, a temperature of 59 degrees the other night, and it's unlikely weather for us, but it's very welcome for us at the same time, uh, by us rather. But to gather as a community, as a body of believers, as a body of people, and be on our knees, knowing that Maria is going to be re- receiving Our Lady and to pause during that moment, and knowing that our community in Medjugorje is with her at that moment, uh, it's almost surreal. I mean, what, what kind of time do we live in? You know, most have described this as a, as a very dark time, a very troubled time, and certainly it is. And And we can measure that to the fact that the Lord is coming every day for 28 years to know how dark the times really are. If God uh, feels it's warranted to send the mother every day for this long because of this particular time of darkness, then that should shake everybody's attention. And that's what's so sad because many people today were going here and going there and going yonder and not thinking about their you know, pleasures and sin and, and, and to... Uh, mediocre things. It's totally meaningless. Walking through life with meaningless. The youth in these teenage years, you know, is seen as a vacation time when man's never had it that way. It's always been uh, children and adults, and the children eased into adults by doing adult things. They had responsibilities. Age was not something you decided to. to to come in and here's a period of life, okay, I hit 12 years old, I don't have to do nothing until I'm 19 years old. And, and you just goof off. Uh, Where's this period gone? And we, we've we got a um, view of this period of the youth that they, they can just do nothing. And, of course, that age from 12 years old to 18 years old or, or 19 years old in that period of youth is very dangerous times. In fact, people are infected or imprinted or, or are imaged into darkness in a way that they don't reflect Jesus or Our Lady. It's not a holy time for the youth. In fact, it's a very unholy time. And so we have today a message Our Lady gives us, and we gather in the field today, as we do every day. It's not any different, but on the 25th it is different because we have the words of Our Lady coming to us, and it's joy to be on our knees and in anticipation, of waiting till that message comes in. And receive the translation. See what our Lady says. And so, Our Lady gave that today. And these are the words she spoke for the whole world—a a message she intends to walk with us tomorrow, next year, a hundred years from now, all the way to the end of the world. It's her echo of the scriptures to show us how to make it through the troubled times, the darkened times, and our antichrist system. I tell you, these are going to be messages so clung to by the people who live under the complete fullness of an antichrist spirit system that is gonna be what holds them together. You know, it's her chapter twelve to Roman Revelation, the sign, the great sign in the sky, who will come and lead the people to be holy and to survive that time. So don't don't minimize these messages or their not so important, or, yeah, okay, she's a appearing, but I've got this, or I, I, I can just go to daily Mass, and it's sufficient. If that's sufficient, and it should be, and it's not sufficient because we don't understand it, we don't live the Mass properly in our culture, it merits that God sends a lady. You know, there's not any question, theologically, is the Mass, everything is there. The question is, are we doing enough with it and and incorporating her message? And Mass is not an attendance, daily attendance. To live the Mass, and our lady says, live the Mass, means to all day long. To culturalize that throughout your day. That that be every part of your day, every action you take. Be the Mass. What is the Mass? The sacrifice. What is your life? To live the Mass. It's a life of sacrifice. And, of course, it was Jesus' greatest sacrifice. So said today, August 25th, 2009. Dear children, today I call you anew to conversion. Little children, you are not holy enough, and you do not radiate holiness to others. Therefore, pray, 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 and work on your personal conversion, so that you may be a sign of God's love to others. I am with you, and I am leading you towards eternity, for which every heart must yearn. Thank you for having responded to my call. Well, <clears throat> it's, Our Lady, it's the only one I know I can get away with being so blunt. And, I mean, I couldn't walk up to somebody at church after Mass and say, You're not holy enough. And that's a quote. Our Lady just said today, You're not holy enough. And how can she get away with this and not offend us? It's incredible the way she does it and how she says it. Of course, she qualifies it. Little children, you're not holy enough. And usually if you heard that from somebody else, they say, well, you're not holy enough. You're not God's gift to the world. You know, that's what we would mean intended. But even if we said it softly, we'd be, we'd, we'd be able to get away with it the way L.A. says it. And, of course, I know for you and many out there, the first words that struck you is these words of the whole of the message. You're not holy enough. You do not radiate holiness to others. And so we see Our Lady giving this impulse again to holiness, which is something she spoke out over and over and over. We see in, and uh, if you looked up the Old Testament, you know, Hebrew, the root, root, the root word for holiness is to be, to be separate, to separate. You know, it denotes from us the separation. And to be set away from the world for, for a divine purpose or divine use. And that's what Our lady's asking. She wants us to walk in holiness. She wants us to be holy. And she says, January 25th, 1987, God wants to use you. You know, to be holy is to be put to a divine use. God wants to use you for a great plan for the salvation of the world. So once we understand holy, that communicates purity of our character... And that character has to be conformed perfectly to the law. The more holy you are, the more perfectly conformed you are to God's law. And we have people accepting God's law for this, that, but not for the other. Or for the other, but not for this. And so we have people picking and choosing what they want to believe. People say, well, that may be for you. We have Catholics don't even agree about abortion. We have very few Christians Living in the Sabbath. And that's our downfall. And that's, again, always in Look What Happened When We sleep in The whole book's about that. And it's explained that we'll never change anything until we accept that commandment, keep the day of the Lord holy. So we're made to be separate from the world, and it's God's choice for us to do this. Uh, you know, God doesn't come to give us and say, you know, don't do that, don't do this. It just this is not the kind of rules he's after. He wants us to be chosen by him and to be completely occupied and pure for him. Uh, in, in the Old Testament, it's mentioned at least 60 times where God says, be holy because I'm holy. Our Lady said, be a reflection of Jesus. If you're going to be a reflection of Jesus, you'll be holy. What did Jesus do? Jesus gave his life, every moment of his life. Uh, God is uniquely holy. Holy. And it's the whole fabric of his nature. It's the very fabric of his nature. You know, he took Moses up the mountain, separated him from the world, to fill his purpose, to bring him in holiness. That's what separated him. You know, even the ground was holy ground. Take your shoes off. And so, the benefits of us being holy is eternal life. Our lady said that today. Yearn is the word she used. And she says, must yearn. which she rarely says must, she always invites But in this she says, I am with you and I'm leading you toward eternity for which every heart must yearn. So that's the benefit if you've been holy. And and the greater the holiness, the stronger you'll yearn for this eternal life. And the benefits of forgiveness, joy, peace, and blessings. This is scriptural. This is what the Bible teaches us. So... We're empowered by Christ, and Ave Ave says the gift of holiness. She's spoken about, <clears throat> I, give you, I give you the gift of holiness. Actually, in fact, September 25th, 1988, she says, Dear children, today I'm calling you all without exceptions to the way of holiness in your life. God gave you the gift of holiness. Who is the gift of holiness? That's the Holy Virgin Mary. So we're to possess her. We're to become her. We're to become a reflection of her son. And he changes us into his likeness to this. And he declares us a holy people. When he first came to Mejigoria, repeatedly it was given that we are to... Um, or rather, the Croatian people. It says, you're a chosen people. I've chosen this parish. i more dear to me than others. Repeatedly she showed that they they were chosen in this way, in a profound way. And so we see to be holy is to be set aside for a useful purpose. It's that kind of decision. And and it is a decision. August twenty fifth, two 2001, Our Lady says, Today I call you to decide for holiness. May for you little children always be in your thoughts and in each situation holiness be in the first place. So, Little by little, step by step, prayer and a decision of holiness will enter into your family. So it's us who are to bring this to our family, but only when we bring holiness. We can't bring scriptures and we can't beat people over here with the Bible. But today our lady says, radiate. You're not holy enough and you do not radiate holiness to others. We might think we are. We might say, oh, I'm holy and you can see sometimes people in the the way they hold their hands, they're giving these external appearances, but are they really holy interiorly? If they're given a directive from somebody over them that's in authority, be it a boss, be it a husband, be it a father, be it a mother of the children, whoever, whatever it may be, do they accept those directives, even if they're difficult to achieve, or they don't give you enough time to do what you might want to do? Uh, your boss may tell you on your lunch break. Today we're busy. I want you to be back in fifteen minutes. Can I eat in fifteen minutes? You know, do you? How do you act? What is the way of holiness? You know, the saints teach us that even if somebody's crossed, that we react in a positive way. And holiness is just ex- extending into every situation. Whatever you may do, be it your work, be it your leisure, be it your pleasure, be it your prayer, you extend every occupation. The integration with God. Integrate God into your life. That that's the prevailing thing. Be in your first place. I just read that message. May holiness be in the first place. So that boss today, it told you, you only got 15 minutes for, for lunch. How does he expect me to eat? What are you saying? 15 minutes? That's not holy. It may be difficult, but the spiritual life is difficult. And God wants to see you turn that situation into something that causes him great delight. And the saints have done that. We, we sometimes build our place up on the mountain and we want our little pleasure and our little thing and we're in our peaceful water place where a stream goes by and we want to, to uh, say oh I'm holy and I can pray and I can, but can you do it on the bus can you do it in the middle of traffic can you do it when things aren't holy and environment is important Jesus did go to the mountain to pray it's not to say that shouldn't be but a lot of times people want to be insulated from everything so they don't have to spend the effort to be holy in front of people or to radiate holiness. Because it does take effort. And so if you want to build your house on the mountain, you want to be away from everything. Uh, I mean, I did that here. I bought land out here because I want to be away from people. And you've heard me say it before. And what did God, what did God do? He brought people here. So I, I've got to be a good witness to them i got to be a good witness to the community. I've got to carry my crosses here, well, even when situations is that, that's wanting to cross me. And so how do, we, how do we react when somebody's in a position to tell you something? And how do you come back across to that? Are you really, really holy? So we can't vacate the world completely. And solitude is important. But at the same time, uh, is your faith strengthened only when you're up there on the mountain? And you're far away. Can you do that to your brother? Our Lady asks that. Radiate holiness to others. She wants us to work on a personal conversion so it may illuminate these souls.
2: I want to build a house up on this mountain. Way up high where the peaceful waters flow. To quench my thirsty soul up on the mountain. I can see for miles up on this mountain. Troubles seem so small, they almost disappear. Lord, I love you up on the mountain. My faith is strengthened by. on the mountain, oh, up on the mountain, I would love to live up on this mountain, keep the pain of living life. i mm-hmm.
1: We must ask ourselves, are we guilty of wanting to step on the mountain with God? You know, do we avoid wanting to carry everything God shows us up there? So we have to go to the world below. And when we go up on the mountain, its purpose is because we need conversion. And that purpose of conversion is to share the love of God back to people, come back to them. When Moses came down the mountain, you know, he received the Ten Commandments. He radiated such holiness that people couldn't look at his face. Are we keeping our experiences on the mountain with God for ourselves instead of sharing with others? Our Lady says, radiate holiness to others. How are we going to do that? She says, pray, pray, pray. And then she says, work. And I can tell you, if our Lady says work, she means work. Work, she says, on your personal conversion. That's your sign, she said, so that you may be a sign of God's love to others. So, you work on your conversion, you go to the mountain, you elevate in holiness, and you bring it down. Can you stay in the world and and not go back to the mountain? No, you have to go back to the mountain. Jesus had to do that. He had to get away from the people, he had to go spend time with the Father. We've got it, and we're blessed for it the 5 a.m. prayer to 6 a.m. prayer here every morning. It's our mountain, even though it's down the field and the valley. We go in front of God. We're there alone with Our Lady. We're alone there with Jesus. And it can be awesome. The last few days, again, with the cool temperature, the, the skies crisp crystal clear, the stars, and it's really an encounter with God. Walking up in the field is such a good feeling. It's a good feeling because it's through self-denials that Our Lady wants us to grow in holiness. You could be laying in the bed, especially if you stayed up late, but there's such a such a joy when, when I turn out of my rosary path and into the field and see the field and see the stars, see the tree. It, it's just a a unique feeling of going to the mountain. October ninth, 1986, Our Lady says, Dear children, you know that I desire to lead you on the way of holiness, but I do not want to compel you to be saints by force. Our Lady doesn't want you to be forced to be saints. She wants you to, to do it by choice. She says, she goes on and says, I desire that each of you, by your own little self-denials, help yourself and me so I can lead you day-to-day to holiness. Walking out there, self-denying every day, day-by-day, step-by-step, toward holiness. And you say, oh, well, you know, we're not talking about, you know, you, you can talk about self-holiness. We're called to be holy. I already actually used the words, I want you to be apostles of of, of holiness, that was December second, uh, two thousand six. She says, "I call you to be my apostles, brother ho- apostles of holiness, so that through you the good news may illuminate all those whom you meet." I mean, he said today, "Do not radiate holiness to others." What's the, that's the negative side of it? What's the positive? What she said in two thousand six: to illuminate all. The good news may illuminate all those whom you meet. And again today, you're not doing that. You're not holy enough, and you're not doing that. You're not radiating. So she wants to illuminate that. And so walking out there, by choice, our lady, given this self-denial, our lady can day by day lead to holiness. She goes on and says, after not wanting to compel you to be saints before, she says, therefore, dear children, I desire... Dear children, I do not desire to force you to observe the messages. But rather this long time I'm with you is a sign that i love you measurably, and I desire each individual to become holy. She don't want you to be forced. She don't want me walking out in the field and saying or others in the community, Oh, no, I've got to do this, because as I said, find a quiet time you can have an encounter with God, which is what we rooted that hour for. That's why we're there, because she said it. And there's no reluctance. And in that message I just read, she said that I, don't, I want you to, to not be compelled, uh, or I, I do not desire for you to force you to observe the messages. You know, she wants us to freely go out there and have that. And that's a holy thing to do. It's a holy thing for you to do. And a lot of people are imitating this across the world, really, because it's by witness. How do we do that? We radiate that out. We illuminate others by our witness. Do we have room to grow in holiness? Yes. We don't claim to be holier than thou. There's certainly a lot of people out there much more holier than we are. But we are set apart. You're set apart. At least as little children saying, you are not holy enough, which means you have some holiness in you, but not enough. So it's not humble to admit that I'm trying to walk a holy way life. I'm I'm to be a holy person. And I do some holy things. Sometimes I do some things unholy. But because I go to five a.m. prayer, because we pray three hours a day, does that make us more holy than some woman out there who who's a thousand times closer to God simply because of the fact that she follows the rule in relating every single detail of her life to to our lady's way, to Jesus. And and, and she's totally integrated her life and all this to the Lord. You know, this is much more holier than what we may be doing here. And so we know we're not holy enough, and even that woman that's doing that a thousand times more is not holy enough. Be holy as I'm holy, the Old Testament repeatedly says God asks of us. So when we do that, and what are we to do with this holiness, how are we to, to to offer ourselves? Well, ladies just said in the, in the family, I read you the message that, uh, she asked of us to, to walk in this way of holiness through the family. to and, and You walk in holiness and through the family you do it. I was trying to find Here it is right here. July 24th, 1986. Therefore, dear the children, let your family be a place where holiness is born. Help everyone to live in holiness, but especially your own family. How do you do that? Our Lady preceded this by saying, by your own testimony, help those who do not know how to live in holiness. And so she's instructing us how to live in holiness. People that ain't going to pay no attention to these messages need to be illuminated, radiated by our holiness to want to be the same. I've seen Maria really be holy. I've seen her do actions that would just literally melt you or be in situations of, of dealing with somebody cross against her and seeing in which the way she brings it to peace. And this is my proof she sees the Virgin Mary. I don't have to have anything else. I, I see something real that you would want to react in a negative way. She reacts in a way that brings things to peace. It's taught me to do that. Her witness radiated me. My witness radiates you. Your witness radiates the family and changes things. And so by your testimony, that's what I said today, uh, do not radiate holiness. That's saying by your testimony illuminate and radiate holiness. Her negative statement, saying that, means to do that. And then she goes on: by your personal conversion, you'll be fed this. And so, when you do that, that's real love. You know, as a husband doing this to the wife, is he really standing beside her in these difficult times? Is the wife really standing beside the husband and the, the kids? So one person can bring the whole family to holiness. I've seen this repeatedly over and over and over. Often one person in the family is interested in measuring the others have no interest, but to their changing to their holiness and doing an acts of love, because it's, it, it's not just about, "Oh, well, look at, he's going to mass every day and he's reading the Bible. That's not what holiness is about. Holiness is about is giving of yourself when you're tired, doing something for others when you prefer not to do. You know, Pope Leo, uh, John Pope John the Twenty Third once explained that Saint Teresa uh, mm-hmm. she lived really about two simple rules, and it was never to seek the satisfaction of herself. That was the first one. The second one was to do everything, to bear everything out of love for our Lord. So, if you want to really bear, as I says, I want to uh, as I bore Jesus as a before Jesus in my room, I want to bear you into holiness. If you really want to be birthed in holiness, now he says, let the family be a place where holiness is born. Help everyone to live in the holiness, especially your own family. By your own testimony, today, by radiating that holiness, become more holy. How do you do that? You start in the family. And so, what is that based on? If there's no love, there's no holiness. There has to be love. And love is simply defined as preferring another's needs before your own which correlates with what St. Teresa did, you know, never sought satisfaction uh, of herself. And everything she did, it was to bear it for the love of God. When people see that, they'll change. They don't want to change They're saying, you need to be saying the rosary, you need to be doing that, and you're doing 50 rosaries a day, you're not keeping the house clean, you're not taking care of the husband or the wife or the children or whatever you're supposed to be doing. It doesn't matter the, the the actions you're in, be it your, your studies, your work, your rest, your leisure, whatever your occupation is, what's important, none of those things really are any different. you just got to relate every situation to the blessed Lord, to Our, to our Lady, to Jesus. So you don't want to take nothing less than love and conveying holiness. And this changes things. This is the walk and this is the way.
2: How much do I owe you? said the husband to his wife, for standing beside me through the hard years of my life. Shall I bring you diamonds? Shall I buy you first? Say the word, and it's yours. And his wife said, I won't take less than your love. I won't take less than your love. All the riches of this world could never be I was young. Shall I bring expensive blankets to cast upon your bed and a pillow for a rest your weary head? And the mother said, Oh, more. I owe you, said the man to his Lord, for giving me this day and all the days that's gone before. Shall I build a temple? Shall I make a sacrifice? Tell me, Lord, and I will pay.
1: this hits home. We had the readings this Sunday, past Sunday in Mass, um, that generally speaking, this, this comes up, it's always weekly spoke, but it's the whole ingredient for the family. It's where holiness is born. Let the family be where holiness is born. And for that to happen and for these things to take place, we need to see what the Bible tells us. In Ephesians, it says it. It was just read Sunday. You all just heard it who attended Mass. It says, Be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, be subordinate to their husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of his wife, just as Christ is head of the church. He himself, the Savior of the body. As the church is subordinate to Christ, so wives should be subordinate to their husbands in everything. Husband, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church, and handed himself over for her to sanctify her cleansing her by the bath of water with the word that he might present to himself the church in splendor, without spot or sprinkle or any such things, that she might be holy and without blemish. So also husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Who loves his wife loves himself. For no one hates his own flesh, but rather nourishes and cherishes it, even as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. And so, we go into the gospel after that, and it says, many of Jesus's, the priest stands up, you know, after you do the readings, he says, many of Jesus, this is um, John six sixty sixty nine. many of Jesus's disciples who were listening said, this saying is hard. Who can accept it? Well, a lot of people don't want to hear about why these supporters of husbands. They want to reject this. And in fact, in the missalette, you saw it bracketed. Not only was it bracketed, they revert, They put a, For the first time I've ever seen a parenthesis statement in there, it says, live in love as Christ loved. To replace this whole section about the wife being subordinate to the husband. It's incredible. Everything about the husband's there, but we're going to take the other. And then the gospel says, many of Jesus' disciples were listening and said, this is too hard. Who can accept this? And that's what we had today, society. And Jesus knew what the disciples were murmuring, he goes on and says, about this, and he said to them, does this shock you? And so, we had the same thing happen in our churches right now. People reject this. They don't want to talk about this. You know, Is it the Word of God or is it not? Are you accepting or are you rejecting? And so, we have the families falling apart because we have no order. You know, And if you don't understand that, and I'm not going to deepen this, order how to change your husband. This explains it perfectly. And for those who reject it when they read this book, have accepted it. And their marriage is in, in harmony. It has saved thousands of marriages. But see, because we find this too hard and we don't accept it, we reject it. Incredibly, the priest uh, at one of our parishes in this diocese of Sunday said, after reading this, said, I want to say something that I said earlier at Mass today and people were mad at me for saying it, but divorce is a sin. Then he said, let me repeat myself, divorce is a sin, he said, if you've got a problem with this, and basically what he talked about just reading the readings in the gospel, then you come see me later. But I can't apologize for this, because this is what the catechism in the church teaches. So we've lost the whole order there, and there's no holiness in the family, because there's no order. There's no loving relationship that brings the proper flow of authority from God to the husband, to the loving, the, the the wife and through the wife loving the kids, this whole order has disappeared. And again, how to change your husband goes through that. And I don't want to go this direction. I just want to bring this point up that, you know, the husband living for the wife, the wife living for the husband and the children. And and there has to be decision-making. There has to be structure for that to happen. And God's given the formula. You're not going to accept it. You're not. You're not going to accept it. You can't stay together. It's just that simple. But we're living in troubled times a lot of it is due to the breakdown of the family where there's no holiness. And when there's troubled times, how do you survive that? Well you survive that become becoming saints. And what are saints? But people who live to holiness. We we need to understand that our lady has given us all the ingredients to be happy. It doesn't mean we won't have trials. It won't mean we won't have difficulties but we're to enter into God's being and, and let Him come into us that we become Him in the sense that His holiness, because His holiness is from Him, Holiness is not from us. It's from Him. And the only way for us to become holy is to accept that. Go to the mouth and pray. Do what He asks of us. You know, we often look for ways to repay those who have done good things with us through material gifts. You know, but, but when it, rather than giving love which is the greatest sacrifice? Which is harder to do? To just give something, put some money in a collection plate? or and, and just do a number of little bitty acts and goodness, ease our conscience? Is that really growing in holiness and in love? Is it really growing in virtue? Our Lady is saying these things are not good enough. You must become holy. And she's not going to take anything less, just like the song says. I'm not going to take anything less than your love. And love demands... But you prefer another's needs before yourself. If a wife is having trouble with a husband and she starts preferring his needs before herself and everything, you're going to see an effect. There's got to be a cause to have an effect. And if you don't have an effect, you're not, you're not doing the cause. Same thing with a husband. It's more difficult for a husband than the way the situation in society is structured. But a wife has immense power. The woman has immense power. That's why God sent in The woman. To the earth, because in her maternity, in her maternal motherhood, in her birth in the Savior, you know, hey, Joseph was secondary. He was just a foster father in the scheme of the plan of salvation. It's the Virgin Mary, the mother, and it's the mother now who comes to bring the world to holiness and bury it in that holiness. The women out there don't have power asserting their authority over their husband or over places they shouldn't be asserting. They have the power and live in holiness in all their acts. And they change more that way than the other. The other leads to peace, the other leads to peace. And again, what's holiness? To live your state in life. And Fatima, such said that, God desires penance, penance, penance. Just to do your daily state in life is the penance that God requires of us right now. And that's holy. And that radiates a high holiness. And so, we're to transmit this to others and when we transmit this to others we we see God and all the darkness around our life everything we see his sovereignty over us and that sovereignty is a perverf- is, is a reflection of, of his his uh, love and so if you want to come and open yourself uh, go, go into our lady go, go into God's chambers go right there where he is It requires you to do self-denials, selfless acts. This whole society is structured on do something for yourself. I mean, we we heard, uh, I mentioned a few programs ago, one one of our community members was given the the penance of of going on a vacation. You know, not, not go walk on your knees somewhere. You know, just be easy on yourself. You know, we've got a whole fluff society, and it's the wrong way. It's it's not the path. It's to become holy, even when darkness surrounds your whole life. You still must walk in holiness. And so it is. Our Lady calls us to this holiness. Why is it so important? Because we're on a we're in a, a, a troubled time. You you say, well, you know, how long is it going to take me to grow in holiness? All these years of, of thirty years of building up unvirtuous things and vices and enslaved to this and that, and and and, and there's no timetable to that. You know, it doesn't require much time to become a saint. You can become very very holy. Very very quickly. In fact, we see people go through conversion, go through incredible holiness. I know a guy that went there was very wealthy. He started going to mass twice a day. Changed his whole life. The thing is, he didn't sustain that. And so, you know, Our Lady don't want you to grow this this spurt and get this emotional decision. You have to you have to become rigorous in your your uh, st- uh, structured prayer life and and. And get the strength, go to the mountain, and then come back and bring that to people, because all all the' saying is is somebody who makes Christ lovable Saint, uh, Mother Teresa you know she she held some of the most vile people and thousands of people died in her arms and never her christ you know you got you've got people who who never saw Christ who don't believe He was ever God, and they don't believe in God because they don't believe he was he was how can Christ be a god they never they never experience you may do anything for them. And Our Lady teaches this on the second of the month that non-believers are going to be reached by the love you show them. You may be the only Christ they ever see. And you've heard me quote many times Gandhi who said that you know, he liked what Jesus taught, he liked his principles, he believed in all that, but he never met a Christian that made him want to be one. And, and so when Our Lady says through a reflection of Jesus, what am I talking about? A, a misty thing in the stream or a lake or a pond, you look at and you see this warped-looking face. You know that—that's if you're being somewhat Jesus and somewhat thin. We're talking about the reflection of looking in a mirror. You know, it's, how are saying, be a mirror of Jesus? You say, I can't do that. Well, you may never be like Jesus, and you will never be like Jesus because He was sinless. But you still are to strive for that. And so it causes to this, and so. How long does it take to be a saint? It doesn't take any time to be a saint. You can immediately change your life, immediately grow in holiness. And that's the beauty about it. No matter how bad you've been, no matter how unholy you've lived or mediocrely lived Christianity, you can instantly make that decision tonight. It's that quick. Now, you've got to learn to live in holiness. You've got to learn what holiness is and the methods. That's what the message is about. But just think about it. St. Teresa died at 24 years of age. 24, she's a baby, and everybody quotes her. Everybody thinks about her. Everybody looks to her life and what really is holiness. So it doesn't require much time to make us holiness, to make us a, a, a holy people or a holy individual. Yes, environment makes things and changes things. Yes, we threw our TV out of our house 15, 18 years ago, whenever it was. Yes, we put in a library before we even did that. Yes, we have a fireplace. We, that's all structures that help us to read the love of books, the love of reading about the saints, the love of reading the Bible. All these things you fall in love with, and you fall through this, you fall in love with Our Lady. If you fall in love with your Lady, you want to please her. You, 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 if you're around Maria, you see this holiness in the apparition. You can you can feel it. You're in the presence of holiness. You know, the the bed in the, the there in the bedroom is this, this holy thing. It's holy. And do we always have our attention as a family living up to what we're supposed to? Not. No, we don't. You know, sometimes we got to go back up to the mountain. We have got to restore our strength. We got to get our perspective right and realize, whoa, this is holy, really holy. The mother of God uses an altar. It's a family altar. The bed. She chose that. I didn't. It's her statement. It's a love story she wrote about the family, what she desires of it, to be birthed into holiness. So it's important for us to realize that we're called to holiness, not because we have nothing else to do, but because it's vital in this troubled time. I was just told in the field today by a couple of friends that was visiting, coming to do the rosary, that in in Massachusetts, they're going to find people $1,000 a day if they refuse to get the swine flu shot. And for 30 days, I think she said they're going to go into something else. That's every day for 30 days. And then they'll do something. i put you in jail if you don't do that. What is this about? Well, start looking a little bit at other things in places. You'll start seeing some other strange, very strange things. In England, I just got a report that was sent to me that they are, are planning to dig mass graves for the autumn or this fall's bout of the swine flu. I was in Medjugorje in June. I went back July, uh, rather August 1st to the 5th, or August uh, 1st to the 13th, and I'm sitting there with my wife, and, I, and we're <clears throat> sitting below the Blue Cross in Yvonne's apparition. It's real quiet. It's really beautiful. You can see him praying, and when the music stopped and everybody quit singing, <clears throat> all you could hear was the rosary being prayed by Yvonne's prayer group, and they had our response. I told my wife, I said, listen to that. She says, what? I said, listen. And she says, what? I said, you don't hear that? She says, no. I said, nobody's coughing. There's thousands of people up here and not one person is coughing. And she says, well? I said, well, I've never heard that before. That's pretty amazing to me. You know, because you always, it's always annoying me. You know, people are, how can coughing? You know, so you know, you want not to be quiet. And it's really silent. I didn't hear one person cough out of thousands of people. You can hear people way across on the other side of the blue cross do that. And here it is. They're telling us that we're fixing to have an epidemic and there's going to be mass graves. I understand also Atlanta disease control is preparing for it. You know, go look at what happened while you're sleeping and read about Dr. Polanka, who wants to reduce the population world by 90%. He says it can be done by Ebola. Virus. You know, go look at Switzerland where they've got a euthanasia hospital where people are going there. Couples are going there because it's you know, they have arthritis, and they just feel it's that time's over. Go look at England being riddled with euthanasia now, overrun by it. Washington and Oregon both have this. It's a rush to do this. I don't, you know, and you're going to get fined $1,000 because you refused to get a swine flu shot? Or is that shot going to give you swine flu? You don't think we lived in troubled times? You don't think we are living in difficult times? Don't take my word for it. Go research this. If you're listening to this, you've got the web. Look at it. Mass graves dug, could be dug in autumn. They're talking about refrigerator trucks for the bodies. They're talking about essential requirements on how to bury all these people and multiple graves and the swine flu pandemic. You know, maybe they tried this three or four years ago with the bird flu pandemic. It didn't come out like they wanted to. But then go look at your copy if you got it. Look what happened when you was sleeping. They're reading there about Dr. Polanka from Texas. The 2006... Texas scientists for the year, who called for a decrease in population by 90% to save the world, save the earth, and not save the world. A lady wants to save the world. That means the people. They want to save the earth. They worship the earth. Does this sound conspiracy or this is too much to take? I tell you, we're living in troubled times. You know, our come in here every day. Think about it. And it's not a bed of roses, and it's not without serious things happening. When Hitler was rising up, nobody ever dreamed we could be where we were. I just talked to a, a person today, we were talking about our retooling equipment, who said that they um, couldn't believe where we are right now from a year ago. Where are we going to be in a year? I didn't even see nobody even sniffling in Medjugorje. You usually hear that. And they're talking about this pandemic. Is somebody going to release something? And I don't want to. You know, we, I, I despise hearing these conspiracy theories and all this stuff, but it don't add up. Satan hates the human race. He wants to destroy it. We see this rise and pressure of euthanasia. We see the whole health care plan, which is nothing but about getting more abortion and endorsing euthanasia. That's what's behind it. It's not to help people. You know, our lady says, you've lost the power of discernment. It's there. All you got to do is read it. Don't trust me. Don't take it that I'm saying it. You start researching. That's what the book, Look What Happened to sequence is about, is to give you the motivation to go read this stuff. Gain your power and discernment. And your only protection, and that's what we have, no matter what happens to us, I don't care if I get taken this winter by the swine flu if that's going to happen, because I've given that to God anyway. I care, though, if somebody else is doing something sinister, and these things don't add up. Since when do we start planning mass graves? When did this come about? So we have these things coming about because we are in dark times. We're in very dark times. And Our Lady saying, yearn for eternity. I'm leading you toward eternity. Does she know something we don't know? Did she say in her last 25th message one month ago, pray, you're in time of prayer? This is the time of prayer? That's for preparation for something. What well, is going to happen? I don't know if this is going to be something somebody's doing, but this, this is real fishy stuff. <clears throat> and it's not for us to be police in everything, but we should be observant. We should be on watch. And we don't want nobody to take our life. We want God to take our life. And it's through holiness and our formation and accepting it that we change. Long.
2: My will Come on, to yours, to yours, O oh Lord, to yours, to yours, O oh Lord, take my heart, take my mind, take my will.
0: Certainly it is our prayer and should be all of our desires that God would work this in our hearts of this grace of conversion, that he may form us and help us to grow in holiness. And oftentimes our own unbelief keeps us from God's touch. And it's a process that Our Lady said, conversion that would last the rest of our life. And this is something that we pray for very often here, for our own individual conversion, and it is something that should be the prayer of every person out there every day that we have this grace to convert. Today begins the first or the third. Uh, today is the first day of the third novena that we pray. Uh, we pray these novenas beginning on June 25th, and they begin on the 25th of every month. And these novenas, are uh, seven novenas that we pray in preparation for December 8th through the 12th every year, Uh, For I believe this is the 16th or 17th year uh, of these novenas, and for those of you that have not prayed the novena today, today is a very special novena because today is the novena of individual conversion, and this is a novena that was written 16 or 17 years ago for this, and it's the same novena that's been prayed uh, August 25th through September 2nd for 16 years. And I'll just read for you very briefly the introduction to this novena that begins today. And again, if you have not prayed this novena, it is available on the site. It's available uh, right there on the home page, and you can open this up and print it out and and, uh, pray this novena every single day for the next nine days. But the meditation for the novena says, Our Lady's plans call for our individual conversion first, only by living the messages and changing our lives, Are we able to then convert our families? Once families are converted, then, and only then, can nations be healed. If nations are healed throughout all the world, love will reign. Our own conversion is the basis for all Our Lady's plans to be accomplished. The following novena is to be prayed with the thought of changing our personal lives. And you couldn't find more appropriate words that could be said for Our Lady's message today. And it's a novena that we should really take to heart over these next nine days. And also, too, for those of you that have never been here December 8th through the 12th, this is a period of time that we pray for the conversion of ourselves first, our families, and our nation. And this uh, novena that begins today and the messages that are throughout this novena are a main part of that period of time uh, that we never considered December 8th through the 12th a retreat. This is more than a retreat. This is a time that we come and beg God to heal us, our families, and our nation And so for those of you that are able to make it, for those of you that think that you might have an opening of time, you have plenty of time now to plan that time to be here, December 8th through the 12th, uh, Caritas, for the reconciling of ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God.
1: Well, remember the key to holiness is not what you do. You can be on a farm, you can be in sick bed. Uh, Bishop Sheen once said, "It makes no difference how humble the work is. The method of the Little Flower, Saint Teresa, was to integrate sanctity with what we are doing, so that there is really no no one form of life that is higher than another. So, no matter what your occupation is, what you do, you can bring holiness to it. And remember her two rules that she spoke of. uh, One was never to seek the satisfactions of self." And secondly, St. Teresa did, said to do everything, to bear everything out for the love of the Lord. And so we leave you with these words tonight, especially for the community that we carry out, our duties in this way. We pray for you. We we'll look forward to you speaking in a few days on the second of the month with the message. We wish you Our Lady, good night. We love you.